You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark. Push notifications get a massive open rate and, and click-through rate. We can be much more targeted at the messages that we're sending than you can with an email, for instance. If you put that alongside things like uh, you know, ticketing and, and being able to consume things offline, apps are much more effective. One of our big bugbears are, are apps that are just a set of web pages delivered through an app interface. Uh, you can't log in, it doesn't remember your state, it doesn't remember who you are. There seems a little point in having an app that just does that. A lot of people want on their website or their app to have their Twitter feed, their Instagram feed, their, you know, their TikTok feed, whatever. I think from a design point of view, we try and, and discourage that. What you're promoting there is ways for people to jump off to that content out of your site or out of your app. You want it the other way around. Hi there, welcome to Sports Content Strategy. My name is Richard Clark. My guest this time is George Crabb. He's the managing director and co-owner of The Other Media. And we're answering a very specific question in this episode, how to design a sports app. What's best in class? What do you need to understand before you go to the brief? What's the state of the market out there? What's possible? What isn't possible? Is revenue possible? Is data possible? How does it grow your brand? All these questions we need to have a look at. And uh, George at the other media, someone I've worked with in the past, helped to develop the Arsenal app back in the day and is a very knowledgeable head on all things in terms of app design and of course how they interact and incorporate with your overall digital offering and the ecosystem that you want to create. As I said, my name is Richard Clark. I'm a sports consultant in all things digital content strategy, social media strategy, communications, digital marketing, all that jazz really. So if you need me, you can find me at mrrichardclark.com or on all social media at mrrichardclark.com. E on the end of Clark, that's the only thing you need to remember. If you want to help me out and keep this podcast going, then please do give me a review. Five stars, please, pretty please, if possible. And you can also sign up to my newsletter. I've been slack on those recently, but uh, I will get back on the horse and get those digital newsletters out soon. Anyway, time to talk about apps. And a lot of people feel they need an app but are not always sure why. And those are some of the basic questions we're going to ask in this piece. As we talk about apps, where they fit, what their purpose is, what their role is, and what you can possibly do with them, with an expert in the field, this man. I'm George Crabb. I'm the managing director of Other Media. So we're a, a digital agency. We've been around for a long time in various spaces, including sport uh, and culture. Um, and retail as well. So quite a, a broad range of experience and uh, sport is certainly a, a massive area and a growing area for us. Um, and as the managing director and one of the co-owners of the agency, I, I oversee all of the projects, um, do some business development and make sure that all of the work that we're doing, um, you know, delights our customers and our clients and, and delivers on the uh, on the objectives that, that we set out when we when we went the, the project in the first place. Mostly that's with ongoing clients. So we, we tend to establish long-term relationships with people. Um, and that's, I think, the best way to, to that we can get the most out of the project. And that's how the clients get the most out of us as an agency. Thanks for speaking to me, George. 
I kind of know the other media because of the work that we did at Arsenal over the Arsenal app. And that's kind of the yeah. point of this podcast. That's the question we're trying to solve, how to create the perfect sports app. So first up is the fundamental question, really. Why do you need a sports app? Given that you've got mobile responsive websites, why have a sports yeah. app? Why spend the money? And that question must come up. <laughs> with clients i would think why are we spending this money why can't we do it a, a, a cheaper existing way so why do you need a sports app first question it's, it's always an interesting one and, and and i guess what we're trying to do is to look across the whole of of, of of all of the digital touch points that a club or a league or a governing body could use to interact uh with their audience and to grow their audience traditionally that was websites and and everyone knows that and everyone needs a website. Um, when the iPhone was launched though, and, and over the past sort of 10 years or so, the phone has become the place for, for delivering content, for consuming content, for functionality, for things that go well beyond what you can do with a website. And therefore, any organization that wants to establish a relationship with, with an audience, with a fan base, um, and wants to be of, of use to that audience rather than just uh, publishing content, for instance, or you know, publishing articles, things that go beyond that are generally best delivered via an app. So we work a lot with, with people who have mobile responsive sites, and that's fine, and you should absolutely have that. About 70% of traffic now is, is mobile. Um, and therefore, if your audience is, is mobile, 70% of people got, you know, are, are accessing your content on mobile, for us, the next logical step was then to make that into an app. And the reason is because, as I say, apps can give you much more control, much more functionality than you can deliver um, via, via a website. So a simple example is, is ticketing. Okay, So a, a digital ticket, I can buy a ticket. Um, and, and before I would have to print it out or I would have to, to, to show a, a, an email at the gate well, actually, if you've got an app, you can download all your tickets into the app. That means you don't have to then have uh, connectivity at the stadium. And as we know, connectivity at stadiums is, is problematic. Um, so you can download, download all that in, in the background and have your, your tickets inside, your, in, inside the app, uh, show your QR code uh, and, and, and gain entry to the ground. Um, so all of that stuff can happen uh, on, an, on an app in a, in a way that means that as a logged in user, you know who I am, you know what I'm doing, um, and, and therefore you can, you can market to me uh, in, a, in a much more effective way. So, so the, the two drivers tend to be to improve fan engagement. So how does the club do a better job of engaging with the fans? Okay, and the, the result of that should be to increase club revenue. Those are the two general drivers for these projects. Um, and yeah, apps for us are at the center of that, but it, they're not exclusive. You have to have a website. Increasingly, we're also then doing a lot of work with voice, with things like uh, Alexa um, and, and delivering content that way as well. So our view is that you should have a centralized system that's delivering content and functionality to your fans wherever and whenever they are um, and if you get that right then you get all sorts of incremental benefits from that yeah i understand what you're saying it, it, it also keeps 
the fan within the club's ecosystem, which is beneficial. There's a data play there and all sorts of things going on. But but that 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 that, that is a huge point. Um, that that again, lots of clubs have put a lot of money into their into their social uh, into their social media platforms and into building audiences on those social platforms. The problem with that um, is that you're you're lining the pocket of the um, of the social media companies that probably don't need that revenue um, and so if you're building a a, a proper integrated uh, digital ecosystem with the app at the center of that the idea is that you can drive that traffic from all of those different uh, social media uh, interactions into your own channels um, and once they're in those channels of course you then have uh, complete control over the user experience, um, over the content that they're served, over the functionality that you can get them to interact with. And if you get all of that right, then you're getting first party data that's an absolute goldmine for then improving that experience, serving personalized content and doing a better job of that fan engagement. So the whole thing becomes a, a virtuous circle if you get that right. Yeah. And, and let's just talk about ecosystems because maybe traditionally, and when I was dealing with you, which was kind of and the other media, which was, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, we had an established yeah. website and we wanted to de develop an app. Well, yeah. things have changed since then. And what you're saying is that, A, we're thinking as an ecosystem. B, first device may well be the phone now, and I'm sure you've got statistics to prove that. But my overall question is, how is an app fitting into the modern ecosystem of a sports club? How are you viewing it? as part of a portfolio of, of uh, touch points? Um, I guess for us, it's the, it's the central point. Um, you know, I get my, uh, my screen reports on a Monday from Apple and it tells me how much time I've spent looking at my phone and the, the, the stats are always horrific. It's depressing, right? isn't and it? The, and it's depressing. It's very <laughs> depressing. And, 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 I, and because I've got a family account, I look at that for my, for my three boys as well. That's even um, more depressing in my <laughs> Exactly. You know, I thought all their time was spent on Xbox, but, it, you know, they're, they're multitasking and, uh, and looking at their phone as well. So it's quite clear from 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 our uh, experience that the the um, the mobile phone is the, the primary um, uh, device for accessing the Internet and for accessing all the things that you want to need. I mean, it's interesting during lockdown, I think, you know, more of us have spent time at home and therefore we're not traveling as much um, and therefore you know laptops and, and desktops have become you know have risen slightly in importance but the phone in terms of number of times number of hours that you're spending looking at that um, particularly for things like sport that aren't necessarily work related they're, they're things that happen in your in your free time in your in your spare time at weekends and evenings um, the phone is is definitely the the place where where the uh, where the, the most attention is, so yeah, for us the 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 apps are at the centre of that. But as I say, the, there's increasingly uh, you know an increasingly diverse set of devices that are internet connected where where we have to be as well. So yeah, for us it's 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 very app centred, and that gives us uh, much more uh, capability to deliver the right the right content, the right messages to the right people at the right time, usually because people are logged in um, and, and because the, the apps give us a lot more data, including things like location, uh, we, we can tell a lot more about what someone is, is either trying to do or has done in the past and then uh, serve them the right content and functionality. So are you still getting people coming to you saying, well, we've got this website, we want you to replicate that on the app? 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, well, we pitched to someone recently who didn't want an app, um, uh, who didn't, didn't really understand it. You know, it was, it was very much a, well, you know, we, maybe it's a bit of a flash in the pan or, you know, it's being driven by, by someone, you know, else in the club, but, you know, we, we think, we think the website is where it's at. And as long as that's mobile optimized, um, and uh, that just seems bonkers to, to me. It, I think if you look at where um, digital, uh, we always look at the states in, in terms of, of you know, how advanced things can be and where, where the market is going generally, both in terms of, uh, of, sort of digital devices, but also usage as well. Um, and it's clear that if you're a, a sports team or a league of, of any size, of any sort of seriousness, then your app strategy is, is sort of front and center. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it, it's, a, it's a massively missed opportunity. There are things that apps can, can, can give you that you can't get from, from a mobile optimized site. An obvious example for, for, for us uh, are push notifications. So if you're trying to reach someone with a message about, um, you know, tickets being on sale um, or, you know, you know, excess tickets for, for, for the game um, or a player signing or a kit launch, you can do that via email um, and, and you, you, can, you can publish a story on the site. That means that someone's going to open the email or, or visit your site. And as we know, open rates on, on emails are, are pretty low, uh, you know, I don't know, one to sort of 4% open rate and, and, a, and a pretty low click-through rate these days. Most kits kind of, you know, uh, filtered out as, as spam. Whereas push notifications, I don't know about you, but you know, I get all my news via the, the, the BBC app, um, you know, and that, that pings up and you, you see, you see what, what's going on instantly without having to, having to open an app or, or, or turn on the TV or whatever. And the same is true for, for sports clubs. So push notifications get a massive open rate and, and click-through rate and are much more uh, effective. We can be much more targeted at the messages that we're sending than you can with an email, for instance. Um, and just having that ability, if you put that alongside things like uh, you know, ticketing and, and being able to consume things offline um, and, you know, all of those things combined mean, means for us that the apps are much more effective. The, the other thing for, for us is the user experience. So uh, the phones, because they're gestural, um, uh, because, because they, they have an accelerometer, they, they know about um, you know, whether you're in portrait or landscape, they have things like cameras and microphones. You can do a lot more with that content. So, you know, a simple example, for instance, is in the, the West Ham app that we do, um, you, you look at the league table. Um, if you look at it in, uh, in portrait mode, it gives you, you know, three columns. It gives you, you know, the points, uh, matches played in the goal difference. If you then flip the phone over to landscape, you get a much more detailed view. You get all of the stats um, in, that, in that league table. So just being able to take advantage of, of some of those innate abilities of the phone, um, again, location awareness is, is another one, um, gives, gives us the ability to tailor that experience, tailor the content, tailor the functionality um, much more uh, precisely than, than you can do with a, uh, with, just with a website. You've mentioned ticketing a couple of times, so let's turn to that before we go back to the, the, the general thrust of the conversation. Ticketing, it seems to me that digital ticketing, mobile app ticketing has made a little bit of a leap post-COVID. Perhaps it's yeah. because the clubs are having to change their practices. Perhaps it's because we're all used to logging into the coffee shop and scanning a QR code, etc. I'm not 
I'm not sure what's going on, but it does seem that we've come back now and there's a push towards digital ticketing via an app or maybe not a club app, maybe a generic app. Do you sense that? And is that going to have a big effect on the app business? Because it, it, it would, it, it's, a, it's a huge reason to have an app, I would think, if you're plugging ticketing into it, especially. I think, you know, as, as some of your, your previous guests have, have, have noted, you know, COVID has been a massive accelerator for, for digital, uh, you know, for, for clubs and, and leagues looking at, at what at digital transformation, um, it, you know, it's a, it's a horrible sort of buzzword, but it has really accelerated the, um, the focus that, that clubs have had on, on how they can improve that, that fan experience, how they can cut costs, um, how they can move to a, you know, COVID safe stadiums. So, you know, not printing things out, not handing things over, not, you know, having less uh, sort of physical contact uh, is, a, is a driver. So all of those things have contributed, I think, to, uh, to, to focusing on, uh, on what digital can do. So, yes, I think it will have a big effect. I think um, th- there's ways of delivering digital ticketing that where you don't need an app, but again, you're, you're then relying on, you know, Apple wallet and, and, you know, you, uh, the, the sort of their native apps, I guess they're not third-party apps, but it's not something connected to the club. So you know, being able to go back and see your tickets, or you know, distribute them to your family, all those sorts of things, uh, you know, you, you can you can do with an app, and you're you're still within the within the club um, uh, environment, you, you know, within the club experience, rather than having to call on you know separate apps to, to deliver that to deliver that same experience. And I think the same is true of uh, of you know food and beverage ordering. Um, all of the ways of, of interacting with a club or with an organization can now be mediated through through digital means. Um, and that just, you know, it, it's, it's more COVID safe. It, it generally, um, it's, it's going to save money in the long term and it get, gets you a better user experience. You know, just to go back to ticketing, we we're always amazed that, um, you know, you could turn up to the airport and get onto a plane with a, you know, with a digital boarding pass and fly around the world. But you know, you had to print a, a physical ticket to go to a to go to a football match. Just seemed kind of bonkers that that you know that, that sport was sort of playing catch up with 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 what technology can deliver. I think it still is to some extent, and and that that's an exciting place to be. It means that we can help clubs who who are ambitious, who want to do new things, um, and sort of um, help to sort of guide them and show them what digital can do for the organisation um, and what it can do for the fans as well. And if we get both of those things right, then 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 everybody's happy. So say you do have an ambitious club, not not a massive club, but a, an ambitious club that wants to go forward. Say they're towards the top top of the championship for sake of argument. Okay. Yeah. What do they need to have? sorted out in their minds before they come to you in terms of data strategy, content strategy, what other issues do they need to have a handle on in order to come to you so you can together create the best brief to deliver on? Uh, That's a good question. Um, We have worked with some clubs where um, a lot of those things aren't necessarily in place or, or as fully sort of thought out as, as we would like. The main thing for us, though, when we're talking to a club is to try and understand what they want to do, what they want to get out of this. Why are they doing it in the first place? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And a lot of clubs, I think, see digital as a, you know, you have to have it, you have to have a website, you know, our competitors have got an app, um, you know, not sure about that. For us, it's, it's trying to figure out with them what the, what the benefits are, what, what, what their targets are. What are we aiming for here? What are we trying to do for you as a club? And that might be different for different clubs. It's generally, you know, in terms of content, most clubs need a lot of things that are the same because fans expect that. But um, trying to dig down into what an individual club is trying to do. Some clubs are trying to... Um, you know, drive more ticket sales, for instance. Okay, so what does that look like? We we rarely get briefs where that, that there's a number attached to that or a percentage increase. It's like, well, you know, it would be good to have more more ticket sales. Whereas other clubs, you know, you know, you, you can't get into the ground anyway. Um, it's not about ticket sales. It's about uh, merchandise sales, or it's about growing the audience uh, nationally or, or internationally. So. As long as we know what the club needs to do and get out of the project, we can then help them um, and, and, and guide them in terms of content and functionality to achieve that aim. What are we What are we trying to help you to do? And it's generally all of those things. It's it's you know uh, get get more people to the game, um, get them to um, you know through the turnstiles faster, get them to buy some you know some more things while they're here, um, you know get them to buy some more merchandise and try and upsell them a season ticket. Um, or uh, and I think again a lot of clubs focus on that match day experience it's a huge thing for them if you're working at a club in a stadium match day is massive that's what everything is focused on and that's when you're your your busiest you know the highs and lows of the game i think what we always try and um uh talk to people about is the fact that most of your fans won't be at the game if you're a big club you have a, a national audience you have people who, who are up and down the country who can never get to a game or who might get to the odd game um, and you you'll, you'll have an international audience as well so they're not interested in ticketing right because you know they're not going to become a season ticket holder if they're if they're in Kuala Lumpur uh, but they want different things from the club and so there might well be different um, different metrics different objectives for those different audiences and again we try and look at what that fan experience is like during the game you know before during and after the game on a match day really really important how do you get people engaged with with the club um, ahead of kickoff how do you keep their attention during the game do they use the phone as a second screen app if they're away from the ground for instance looking at all the stats and interacting with things you know can they uh, can they nominate man of the match? Uh, can they take part in a quiz? Can they predict what the score is going to be or what the lineup is going to be? So match day is really important. But how do you get people involved um, who, who aren't at the stadium on a match day? That looks and feels different. And how do you get those different audiences involved during the week? So, you know, one of the examples is if I'm a, if I'm a fan and I've got the phone and I show up at the ground and it's a, it's a Tuesday mid-morning, Maybe the app, maybe the phone should know that. And, you know, I might be there for a conference or an event or I might be there for a stadium tour. So it might present some content to me to say, hey, did you know there's a stadium tour or you're near to the to, to the to the superstore? Here's here's 10 percent off. So building in that intelligence can help us to um, achieve the different objectives that the club has got for those different audiences at different times. Just to go back to match day, you mentioned the issue with connectivity during games. What's the state of the art on that? Where are, are we? 
how much can you do within the game itself? I understand for an Arsenal or Manchester United, there's a whole load of people outside the ground, but for smaller clubs, people in the ground will be a significant market you want to capture. And yet during the actual game itself, uh, where they might want to consume content, because we all second screen everything these days, you're yeah. not you're not able to. So is that just a a black hole or is, or are there ways around it? What's the app market done to circumvent that major issue? Um, it used to be a black hole. All right. So, you know, I've been to, to, to various uh, games where, you know, you can't tweet about the game or, or, or send someone a, 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 a text message or, you know, upload anything to Instagram. Um, and that's really down to each, each club and each ground. I think that there's a couple of things that are happening because um, there's now such a focus on digital that clubs are seeing that they don't want to have their their grounder as that as that sort of digital black hole. And if we're talking about things like food and beverage ordering, where you have to be available, um, you know, throughout the ground, you know, with your with your order or with your the QR code that you're going to scan or, or you know whatever that is, then I think more clubs are looking at that connectivity. And there's there's lots of there's quite a bit of um, activity out there, different organisations. Um, who are looking at different models, for instance, to help clubs afford that and, and deliver uh, to, to deliver on that. Um, we've worked with a company called Landways, who have done a lot of work with uh, Gloucester Rugby to, 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 um, to connect their stadium so that fans can have access to video and, and you know, super fast, uh, you know, uh, internet access um, and you know they're not a massive club so there are there are organizations out there that are making that more possible if you get that right then of course some of those uh, you know commercial partnerships that might help to, to to fund that become possible so that you can you can offer things to your to your partners and to your sponsors where they can reach that audience that crucial audience on a match day and do some more interesting things with them in terms of entering competitions or data capture or referrals or, or whatever that might be. So there's ways of funding that. Um, and I think also, you know, with the rise of 5G coming along, that's going to help people, you know, in, within the grounds um, it, itself. So I think that that problem is, is, is going away uh, or is it, being solved in different ways over time. It's, it's still an issue uh, for, for a lot of clubs. Um, and therefore, you know, having things that are that have been downloaded in the background um, is is great rather than sort of web views. One of our big bugbears are, are apps that are just a set of web pages delivered through an app interface. So when you open an app um, and, you know, you have cookie notices, you know that it's just web content. Uh, you can't log in. It doesn't remember your state. It doesn't remember who you are. There's, there seems a little point in having an app that just does that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, and particularly, you know, that, that then gets exacerbated at the stadium. If you've got no connectivity, your app then doesn't work where it actually should it should degrade gracefully with, with the content that has been previously downloaded. Yeah, another bugbear of mine was the way an app interface with social media. Obviously, social media is such a gateway into different content, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it was very clunky when you... Um, either linked out of an app into social media or, or social media tried to link into an app. It was, it was a clunky experience. I think it's got better. The, that was a block for me using yeah. apps in, in the way perhaps they were intended. Yeah, well, there's some nice new technologies coming out, actually. We've just done something with Osprey's Rugby um, called App Clips. 
So if you don't have uh, the app installed, if you're following a link, for instance, from, uh, you know, from a social media post, um, or yeah, what, what, uh, what app clips allow you to do is to, in the background, you download a subset of the app. So you download a little bit of the app. So, uh, you know, the new section or, uh, you know, the, the live match section, for instance, um, and you, you, you have that app experience. So they're limited in size. It's downloaded very quickly in the background. Um, and it means that you, as I say, you get that you get that app experience. So you get the beautiful interface. You get you know the, the swiping and all the all the uh, uh, you know all the sort of interface elements that that come with an app. Um, and at the end of that experience, you're then prompted to download the full app uh, and move to that experience. So yeah, I think I think people are Apple in particular are aware that trying to promote that app experience needs people to experience it rather than just direct people to the um, to, to the mobile website. So yeah, there are now ways of, of improving of improving that experience. Um, the other thing about about social media, again, a lot of people want on their on their website or their app to have their Twitter feed, their Instagram feed, their you know their TikTok feed, whatever. I think from a design point of view, we try and, and discourage that in as much as what you're promoting there is ways for people to jump off to that content out of your site or out of your app. And you don't want that. You want it the other way around. Um, and, and your voice on TikTok might be completely different to the club voice that you've got on the website and, and getting that tone of voice right on those different platforms is different. Um, and therefore that should be used as a way of, of directing traffic back to the, to the, you know, the, the, the club app or the, or the club site rather than the other way around. Uh, most of the sports apps you do free because I think at Arsenal's you, you had to log in to get certain content, obviously the match day show, which was three and a half hours of commentary and videos and things like that. You had to be a registered member. So there was a, a registration part of it, but it wasn't a payment. So are yeah. most of the apps free with maybe a paid element? If you're a subscriber to the website and you're a, a subscriber that allows you to be a subscriber on the app or how does it, how does it work these days? And I mean, has that changed in the last few, few years? Is there, is there a trend emerging in terms of um, access and payments and things like that? Yeah, well, to answer your first question, yes. All, I think all of the apps that we do are free. And so um, I think clubs can see the value in, in putting that content out there and building as, as, as large an audience as possible rather than putting barriers and, uh, and things in the way of that. And in fact, when we're designing things, we always encourage that rather than have people, you know, download the app and the first thing you see is sign up, give us your email address, can we have access to your phone, can we have your location, can we access your address book, <laughs> which puts people off. It's like, here's, here's all of the content, okay? Um, look at all of it. But if you want to then get into video, for instance, or you know, something like that, then, you, then there's a value exchange. So you know, sign up for a digital membership by simply giving us your email address that means we've got the ability to contact you we know who you are there's, there's something of a login there and then we can access we can give you access to that to that particular piece of content so that tends to be um the, the model that you that you show people what they could get access to 
if they're willing to give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of data in exchange and that data obviously is invaluable and you can then build on that so you know if there's a particular competition where we have to send you a prize we might ask for your address or um, you know if all those sorts of things can can then happen we have just launched something with West Brom actually West Brom TV plus where uh, season ticket holders and members get access to um, a huge range of content that they're, that they're now publishing from exclusive videos, uh, you know, classic matches, podcasts, um, and that's all being uh, delivered both through the through the app and the website as well. And so, yeah, th there is a, a, a paid for element with that. Um, and again, that, that's trying to get people it, it is both a, um, a revenue opportunity there, um, but it's also then making sure that there's a sort of a tiered uh, level of content for different sorts of fans. So the, you know, the diehard fan uh, gets, gets all of the content and the, you know, the, the person who, you know, comes in from time to time um, only sees the, 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 the free content, if you like. I think the, the way that, that, that clubs can more effectively um, work though is is the the idea that what you're doing if you've got the biggest audience possible looking at this free content the growth in your digital audience is going to be faster and bigger than trying to trying to sell more tickets to the ground so you know you're we're seeing you know a, a digital audience a social audience can be sort of 10 20 30 times larger than the than the, than the capacity of the ground and and you know increasingly so that audience is then, you know, really interesting and really valuable to, to potential sponsors. And it's not just about putting a banner up. Um, it's about making sure that the sponsorship messages are embedded into the app. Um, they are, they're relevant to, to the fans. They're useful to the fans um, and they're useful to the sponsors as well. So um, again, with, with West Bromwich Albion, for instance, um, they're, live match center their match day center is sponsored by uh, uber eats now during the pandemic that makes a lot of sense if i'm not going to the ground i'm getting a push notification that kickoffs in you know in a, in a couple of hours and that's sponsored by uber eats so when i open the app and and follow the game uh, you know that there's a there's a voucher code i can i can i can order my meal i can get a discount i can sit at home you know with, with the meal that that's great for me you know and and it's great for the club and that's and, and particularly good for the uh for the sponsor as well so try to get that sponsorship message which is which can be again with apps can be a lot more sophisticated than than just a banner um or just putting a logo up um you know trying to get content in trying to get people to, to interact with that again for a for a bit of a value exchange give us your email address to enter this competition or whatever um, that is becoming an increasing increasingly um, interesting and valuable way for clubs to drive real value um, you know commercial value out of out of these platforms and you mentioned right message right time um, right platform right person just tell me, and you know, it's an education for me. Where's the? I'll ask him. What's the state of the art? Where are we with apps in terms of segmenting their messaging to uh, certain parts of the audience? For example, um, uh, via age, other aspects of demography, preferential data. Are apps sophisticated enough at, at, at the top end to start? changing their messaging not only within the uk but their messaging outside the uk because you mentioned you know the man united of this world um will want a different message for the indonesian fans the us fans the brazilian fans 
or whatever it is. So it, it's a question around that that segmenting of of messaging based on the data coming in. So where are we there? I, I think that that's the you know that's it, that's a huge and growing area. Uh, I think people have been talking about personalization for a long time. Um, it is now possible, and and uh, apps in particular give clubs the ability to do that. Uh, we work really closely with with a number of providers, you know, with people like Sports Alliance on the single sign on side. Where and if you look at that, and then the data that we can get from that app usage. By combining that, we can then, as you say, target particular messages to particular audiences, whatever that is. We did a project with Swansea uh, where we had some um, in-app messaging. So when you opened the app, we knew if you were a, a season ticket holder or not and if you had renewed or not. And so therefore having some messaging around renewal for those season ticket holders that was specific to them then drove a huge increase in their in their early bird uh, renewals, which was fantastic. So that is now possible. And I think that will only get more sophisticated over time. I think, again, it, it, we need to um, agree with the clubs what it is they're trying to do for those different audiences. One of the issues with that is that if you identify, you know, a dozen different segments in, you know, five, you know, regional time zones, the number of options and things you're trying to do based on those factors increases exponentially. And the content teams tend to be fairly small in, in, in within clubs, except for some, some of the big ones, and trying to have those conversations about, okay, so what do you want a, a season ticket, a non-season ticket holder in Kuala Lumpur who has bought this year's shirt but hasn't bought the third shirt but did come back two years ago and, and take up hospitality what do you want that that message to be to them what, what what it is what is it we're trying to do with them right and therefore how is that different to someone who's a season ticket holder that comes every week that's never bought a shirt but only but, but always buys the scarf um and you know and, and and has you know a couple of pints when they're there so you have different audiences with different needs that means you know so i, th I think there's going to be what we need, to, what we're working on, are ways of automating that so that we can agree um, what those targets are, um, and then automate the delivery of that content and that functionality to those audiences at the right time, just so that we, it's not a manual process for that content team to to, to work out every every week or every campaign. Um, that is now possible. Um, our uh, platform Clubcast um, has lots of deep integrations, both from the analytics side um, and from the single sign-on from the data side, that allows us to then publish that that content um, uh, automatically, and importantly track success, uh, you know, of, of those different campaigns um, and you know th those different pieces of content uh, towards those targets that, that that we've set out with the club. Is it an easy plugin to a, a club CRM system? Because these things used to be horrifically difficult, uh, I, I like to think it's it's moved on, um, and it and it's data so important now that you know, I think certain commercial executive at clubs may, may say it's the most important aspect of a, of any app getting data in on our fans, understanding our fan base, and uh, gaining information so we can serve them better in every way and commercialize them too, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to ask, uh, no, is the answer to that it's, it's never easy. And, it, in, you know, there's different CRM systems in, in different clubs. Um, you know, we were working with someone recently where, you know, the, 
the identifier, you know, between the, the ticketing provider and the, you know, access control and, and all the rest is, is slightly different. So, you know, that that integration is always absolutely key. Um, and and we, you know, it, it's strange. Digi- all the work that we've done in digital over the years, often for the first time, different aspects of an organization have to come together and talk to each other for the first time and, and agree how they're going to talk to their to their audience or their fans. So, you know, having people from ticketing and merchandise, you know, and, you know, from, from the ground and from marketing, you know, all sitting around a table, um, that's, that's generally, you know, tr- trying to get some... Um, uh, some sensible conversations um, that aren't political, uh, trying to make sure that, that everyone's moving in the same direction and is trying to do the same thing. Um, that, that's generally the, the, the first step. Once we then agreed that, we then figure out which, which systems we need to integrate with. Um, but yeah, yes, uh, it, we're, we're making some really good progress on that. We now have um, a lot of those integrations done for clubs um, in a way that they can now exploit those. Um, having agreed on what it is they're trying to get out of that that campaign in the first place. Yeah, I've been in those positions, and I find it staggering that you have to be in that position as a as an external consultant. And I've done it. It's like marriage counselling, almost, where you're <laughs> okay. Well, what's your viewpoint? Okay, well, what's your viewpoint? And yeah. can we agree and find a way forward here? Um, it's a little bit staggering that that has to be done, but it it does have to be done. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a good thing if you get it right. I mean, you know, the people who run hospitality are talking to a completely different audience to the to the normal, you know, match day audience or the or the you know the season ticket holder. But there's, there's definitely a crossover, and so I think getting some you know some joined up uh, conversations and messaging is good for any organisation, let alone a you know a, a football club or a rugby club. Um, so yeah, yeah. Once the sort of you know the personalities get put 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 aside. Um, I think that the fans benefit from that, that there's a much more consistent messaging. And it's really obvious what it is that we're trying to deliver for people. And my frustration as a content strategist is that, and you've said it, there's not enough people in content driving this engine, bringing you, yeah. bringing people back. And that is, that is a problem because, because you've got the match day. Okay. That's going to be two hours a week, say um, maybe two hours, twice a week, who knows, but yeah. You've got to have a content proposition that brings people back more than that, I would think, or at least with a religious intent to worship their team every yep. every Saturday. You've got to have them coming back to your app. Otherwise, it's one of those many swipe past apps that we've got on our phone and we only use, what, eight to ten on a regular basis. There's loads that we don't use and you don't want your club app to be one of those. So content, you know, that getting that content message right, crucially important. Is that a frustration to, to you as, as much as it is to me? Um, probably. Um, but, yeah, I think there's lots of different ways around that. I think it's more of a problem for the clubs. In lots of ways, we're, we're the delivery mechanism for that. Plus, we are, we're always trying to think of different things that we can do. So, as I say, you know, creating match predictors, uh, quizzes and polls, you know, downloadable wallpapers, you know, sign up for, for, for premium access. There's lots of things that we are doing and, and exploring that give clubs different tools to engage with their fans at different times for different reasons. Some, some paid for, some free, you know, whatever that might be. Um, 
if we can if we can sort of keep going with that and get that right, then we are putting some of those tools into the hands of the clubs. Quite how they use that, how frequently they do it, how they monetize it, um, is, has traditionally been up to them. I think we're getting more involved in some of those conversations now, just because I think we are being able to think quite creatively about what digital can do um, and, and how it can deliver things. So um, it's it's an ongoing conversation, I guess. Just a, a quick question. And by the way, um, all the links that you mentioned to the products and apps that you've done, I'll put it on the show notes. I'll put the, your links on the, show, on the show notes so people can contact you. But just a quick question on price. So I, I don't want to ask you directly about price, but let me phrase it a different way. Say I've got 20 grand up front and I've got a monthly retainer of a grand. Okay. What, what level of app is that going to get me if I'm like a championship club? Is that going to get me a, 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 a sort of a, a 7 out of 10 reasonable ongoing app or what? What do you think? Um, uh, it probably depends on, on, yeah, on who you're talking to. Um, you know, there, there's lots of providers out there. We prefer to look at it in terms of what's the return on investment rather than what are the costs. Okay. Our model is 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 more of a license fee uh, because that helps clubs to avoid having any massive upfront design and build costs because that's always difficult for a club for any club to get those you know big design and development costs signed off. So by moving to a license fee, we can we can spread costs and and then clubs can go and talk to uh, to their sponsors. Um, you know we can look at increased uh, um, retail sales and ticket sales. Uh, in order to offset whatever that monthly cost is by by bringing in more revenue from those from those different places our view is if you get that right um, and avoid those those upfront costs you can have a massive return on investment um, so you know some of the clubs that we're working with have a four five hundred percent return on investment so it's it's like anything. I think is is you you have to you have to get it right. There are cheap ways of doing it, as I've spoken about before. So you can do a cheap app that that's just a set of web views of your website that don't give you any of the um, any of the benefits of of, a, of an app. Um, you know, you won't necessarily then get you know an Alexa scale or. Uh, things integrated into that same ecosystem. So I think there's a level of investment that you have to do to get that right. But once you've done that, you can then go and uh, talk to the commercial department, your you know sponsors and partners, uh, retail, ticketing, hospitality, in order to drive increased sales from uh, your, from your existing products um, and drive new revenue from new opportunities, you know, sponsor the quiz, the match day center, the app, the, you know, whatever that might be. Um, and, and all of those things should then contribute to a, a fairly healthy return on investment um, if, if you're doing it right. Yeah, I, I think the trouble is, though, that as, as you said with regard to content and other areas, a lot of clubs don't have the manpower and sophistication to monetize in the way that you've just outline that's kind of the concern that you you've, you've got to spend the money whether it's up front or on a, a monthly retainer a licensing fee um and you can monetize but they're not quite sophisticated enough to um exploit this positively in the way that they might that's always the concern isn't it 
Yeah, I think so. It, in, in lots of ways, it's a, it's a bit more of a sophisticated sell to 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 you know to partners than you know uh, boards around the ground or you know shirt sponsorship or whatever. That the opportunities around digital can be much more sophisticated, but they can also be much more valuable to those partners as well. So rather than just you know you can actually drive traffic and sales and inquiries and things like that through to other apps through to other websites, you know, through, you know, wh- whatever that might be. So that, uh, that level of engagement tends, can be higher and that can be much more valuable to the, um, to the partner. And then yes, exploring what those might be depends on the partner. Are they, a, you know, are they a fast food outlet? Are they a car brand? Are they a tire brand? Are they, you know, whatever, are they a drinks brand? Have we got, you know, a, a smaller market, uh, you know, where we have to only, uh, you know, engage with with the the audience that's over eighteen, for instance. So there, there's quite a few things to to put into that. Um, and but that that's the fun from our point of view as well. Is is being creative around what do those partnerships look like? Um, how do we move a, 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 you know move beyond banner blindness and just putting a logo up? And how do we get something that's much more valuable for the club and sophisticated for the partner as well? What are the best apps? out there or, or best features in in certain apps things that you've liked clubs that are doing it differently either apps that you've done or other people have have, have, have done what's the what what's the kind of best in class different features that's a good question i like to think that the apps that we've done are, are pretty pretty best in class even for some of some of the, the clubs who are sort of smaller if you like um i think that's a, it Digital is a great way for some of the smaller clubs to punch well above their weight. So it's easy if you're one of the big six to, to throw lots of money at this. Um, I think some of those big six have still got it got it wrong. Um, but if you're a smaller club, you know the work that we've done with with Swansea City. You know we were the first to, to launch uh, mobile ticketing, for instance, and that was a that was a good few years ago now. Um, we're just launching with with Plymouth Argyle, so you know not not a huge club. But if you look at the site and the, and the app that's just about to be released, um, you know the, the the work is is incredible from from the team that we have here, um, and you know can can sit alongside you know the, the biggest and the best. Um, West Ham, obviously a, a massive club as well uh west brom doing some interesting things that that we've already spoken about you know so yeah lots lots of the stuff that that we're doing i think is trying to push the envelope um i guess some interesting stuff that's happening is you know a a couple of the guys um from the team here have released an app uh, a uh, a fitness app and, and i think fitness apps have really come on in leaps and bounds uh, to, uh, uh apologies for the pun um it, over, over the last you know over d- during lockdown as people have not been able to go to the gym um and so they really they've d- designed and developed an app called forest and that uses again some of the some of the sophistication of the phone where you can record a run um, or a cycle and then you effectively race yourself the next time you go out. Um, so it will tell you that, you know, you're the, 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 per, the person you were yesterday is, you know, is five meters ahead of you or two seconds ahead of you. Um, and that gives you some incentive uh, to then to try and catch that sort of ghost runner. And I think those ideas are, are really helping to engage audiences um, in things like fitness um, and use these devices. So it's not just, you know, wearables, it, you know, it's, uh, it, it's phones as well that can, that can really change people's lives um, 
So yeah, that that will be one of the ones. You know, I love my kids still today. Will will occasionally pick up things like Pokemon Go, and I think that mixture of gaming and augmented reality and getting them out. You know, walking around the town or you know going for a walk, they're quite happy to do that. You know, gene, absolute genius. So where you're, I think, mixing reality with the the virtual world or the digital world um, and getting that right with a with a proper purpose those sorts of things really land and, and really um yeah really excite me Th- those sorts of things i think rather than just the, the the kind of gimmicky apps there's lots of there's lots of games out there again we talk to, to to clubs who want to do a sort of a platform game or whatever those things are quite difficult to do in as much as what you're doing is is you're fighting against Fortnite or you know any one of those massive games, and clubs are never going to uh, compete on that basis. Um, plus, it's a bit of a distraction from the sport or from 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 what the club is doing. So I think we're always looking towards. I mean, we've been looking at augmented reality for a while. Okay, how can augmented reality help? clubs do better business it's still not clear where where those two things fit you know we've seen augmented reality um kit launches for instance and that's fine they're a bit gimmicky i don't ever go back to them once you've seen them and it's fairly obvious what that is that that's it it looks cool it it can look cool and, and no doubt drive sales but it's not a real ongoing feature so yeah i i think there's some really interesting technologies out there um, that, that, that we and, and other people are looking at, it's going to be interesting to see how those actually get used in, 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 the, in, the, in the business world over the next couple of years. That's a really interesting answer because I, when I've been at Arsenal and other leagues and clubs I've worked with, they've always talked about, well, shall we do this? Shall we do this? Shall we do that? Shall we do the other? Well, in many ways, the most beneficial areas which are not talked about because I don't think they're sexy enough is creating communities or augmenting communities that are already out there that are linked to your club. For example, um, LAFC, they've got a running club. So LAFC, Los Angeles football club supporters running club is big. They've also got a, is it, flower club whether it was flower arranging or art it was crafty anyway some craft not right. really linked not really linked okay but if you've if you've got an aspect of your app your la app that allows people yep. to get at the la community lafc community to get fit together wherever they are perhaps it doesn't apply to a an mls club because they're not international but if you've got uh, you know be a gunner be a runner at arsenal and you can log your yep. times Right. And that's on the back end of the Arsenal app. I'm consulting here for free for Arsenal. I don't anymore. Uh, But anyway, but but that's an interesting point, you see, because then you're you're creating community, a little bit of gamification. Uh, You know, only once a year, the gamification, but the community created plugging fitness into you know arsenal supporters fitness that's still going to be quite a big group in the world i would think you know that that that, that's going to be i would argue that that's going to be a bigger global community than plymouth argyle supporters just to pick that out out of the hat yeah 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 running against other gunner runners all over the world and seeing what your your pb is like again you know on a a similar course that would be fascinating and And, and, yeah and the real interesting part for, for me in, in digital is that we've all struggled with lockdown in accountability. 
we're all working at home we're all in different different spaces and that accountability goes a long way accountability has worked in these days in fitness in weights in weight watching it's always been the public weighing of yourself in front of everybody uh that's what they used to do at weight watchers i'm told because that was accountability and if you add yeah. accountability in that you know get fit with arsenal is a is a good space for arsenal to be in you know yeah. if you're plugging that into your app you're using your accelerometer that's the bit that's much much more interesting than a game yeah you know, and you plug in you plug in adidas as well and you can get some benefits that way i think that's all a good space yeah. to be in personally yeah definitely i mean i've always thought you know there's there's such a huge interest in football from you know across the world so you know having your fan club in tokyo meet up on a regular basis again an app or digital can help that it can tell you who's have have that have those fans all arrived at the same location right if you've got to meet up to watch a game in a bar who's arrived at that bar so you know who can talk to one another so you know who those fans are you can reward them by 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 attending you know meetups whether that's around a game or a running club or whatever you can you can engage with them and reward them with things um, and deepen that that engagement and that fandom so yeah i think there's there's so many more things that that can be done and, and mediated through through these different technologies so we, yeah we're, we're, we're probably just scratching the surface of that yeah, I mean, my last question is, where do you want to take this? Where do you think it is going to go? So it, have, have we covered that? Or is there anything else out there? Yeah, what, let me phrase it a different question. What's the, what's the thing you want to do that, that nobody's gone for, for either monetary reasons or bravery or whatever, but what's in your experience of building sports apps, the thing you thought, well, why doesn't a club do this? Unlimited money, unlimited um, time. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. We don't have a, a sort of a grand plan in that sense of the word. I think what we're trying to do is is incrementally improve where we're at. I'm still surprised that uh, the retail experience for for clubs is still relatively rudimentary um and particularly on a mobile I, I don't know about you but i buy most of my stuff on the you know on the amazon app on on mobile apps these days um with a club you then have to click through to a, a mobile view of the store um and it, the, the things aren't integrated uh, if you look at what a great customer experience is like where it's app based it's very much smoother than 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 using a mobile view uh, a, a mobile website so one of the things that we're working on now uh, to launch a bit later this year is integrating retail into that app experience because again we can personalize that um, we can pre-fill all the all the forms for you because you're logged in we know who you are we can use apple pay or google pay um, you know and all, that whole process should be very seamless um, and very very transparent for the user as a, as a fan, I want to interact with my club. I don't want necessarily want to know that the ticketing is provided over here by Ticketmaster and that the shop is provided over here by someone else. That should be transparent and invisible to me. I should just be buying an Arsenal shirt from, from Arsenal. Um, and so enabling things like that, um, again, you know, the, the, the hospitality side of things, looking at how can we... Um, mediate that relationship and that experience if i'm a if i'm a hospitality guest somewhere 
I've probably never been to the ground before. So that's a different experience to, to, a, to a, a season ticket holder. So that might be much more about wayfinding and, and you know, menu selection and things like that. So yeah, the, the, the hospitality side of things is really interesting to us um, and, the, and the retail side of things and bringing all of those into that, into that same experience so that the app adapts to who I am, what I'm trying to do and when I'm trying to do it. Very fast moving space. George Crabb, thank you very much. A pleasure speaking to you, Richard. Thanks for having me on. You can find Sports Content Strategy on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Go to sportscontentstrategy.com for more information and to sign up to the newsletter. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog at mrrichardclark.com.